Thank you for joining us in another week of Surviving Creativity. I'm your co-host, Corey Cassoni. I'm joined every week by cartoonists Brad Geiger and Scott Kurtz. We talk about following your dreams, becoming your own boss, and surviving the process. We're joined this week by Eisner Award-winning colorist and Toonhound Studios regular Steve Hamaker. It's a pretty broad conversation this week. We're starting off with Frank Cho versus Robbie Rodriguez over a sketch cover that Frank did at a convention. We start to delve pretty deeply into uh, the Twitter sphere and online conversation, public shaming versus speaking out. What does it all mean? What about context and intention? How does that function in regards to art? It's an interesting conversation. We're excited that you're here to join us. Sit back, relax, and enjoy another week of Surviving Creativity. Welcome to the show, everyone. Hi, welcome to Surviving Creativity. Yeah, that's the picture. You got that right, Corey. That's what we're talking about. No, I know that's what we're talking about. I think I know what we're talking about. Now. Well, should I should I launch into the explanation? Launch, oh, launch into the explanation. So here's the deal. Tell us uh, the deal. <laughs> this is going to be a hard one to get through. Uh, uh, Frank Cho posted on his site a, uh, a a convention sketch that he had done uh, in which he took Spider-Gwen and put her into the now infamous uh, Spider-Woman pose. That Milo, did I say infamous? Yeah, you said infamous. <laughs> Infinitesimal. <laughs> he put her into... <laughs> It's supposed to infamous. It's, it's infamous. Uh, it, it's infinite. It won't go away ever. No matter what we do, <laughs> we can't get rid of it. No, we can't. He put her into the now infamous Milo Manera Spider Woman pose, where her right. uh, backside is is up in the air, and he's got a little Spider Man kind of crouching behind, saying "Woohoo, deja vu." And it's typical Frank Cho artwork. It's 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 gorgeous. Uh, it's it's well drawn, and it immediately drew a uh, shitstorm of of people uh, not liking this, not liking the fact that he put Spider Gwen into the uh, Spider Woman pose, and especially with the Spider Man uh, commentary. A lot of people got upset over objectification and so on and so forth. So, <laughs> being Frank Cho. He immediately posted another convention sketch that he had done, and this time it put Harley Quinn into the uh, infamous pose with the Joker in the foreground with word balloons that say, how long do I have to hold this pose, Mr. J? And he says, until the internet explodes, dear. And she says, ugh, this pose is so last year. Mm. And this, of course, threw gasoline on the fire. Everything blew up. Uh, people immediately took sides. There was a lot of yelling and screaming. Rob Liefeld came out and posted a very, uh, a very heated, uh, very passionate defense of Frank Cho and J. Scott Campbell. And that said, was odd. Uh, <laughs> yeah. and, and and I, in fact, I just got done kind of reading through it, and and you know, he he makes a very passionate point that. 
listen, this is this is this is part of comics. This is cheesecake cheese, cheesecake illustration is, is part of a, a bigger comics, and you can have both of them. It doesn't necessarily mean that as soon as you see something cheesecakey, that it's horrible, and we need to stop it. I think there's enough room for both, and and this, of course, just made things even worse. So the question becomes. <laughs> how do you, how, how do you how do you find a place to stand in in this uh, new landscape? Well, I th- I think there's two things happening here. You missed an important part that we need to talk about. Well, what What's is that? tell us the important part we missed, Scott. Uh, the artist of Spider Gwen and her designer. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Robbie Rodriguez was very unhappy with the art. That's kind of how the whole thing fired off, right? He, he, yeah, this is the part that upsets me. He tweeted something, and, and it was taken to be a, a, a threat of physical violence, right? He, um, he just said, as far as Frank Cho goes, you're drawing dirty pictures of my kid. And just be happy that I don't ever see you in person. And then everyone was like, oh, violence, threat. <laughs> Which, if you know Robbie and Frank, the idea of them fighting... I'd actually pay money to see that. It's going to be like a slap fight. Hilarious. Yes. (laughs) Now, stereotype would dictate that Frank would know Kung Fu and Robbie would pull a knife, but that's not how it's going to (laughs) go. Wow. Because I know these two. Do I have to edit that out? I feel like I have to edit that out. Do you? No, I don't think so. You know what's funny is I always say, I'm going to edit that out. I never fucking do. (laughs) I said stereotypes would dictate. It's a running gag. That's right. It's a running gag. Is that our? Excuse? It is. It's a running gag that I I say I'll ed- I'm going to edit that out uh, and then uh, I leave it in. I'm sorry. You meant, I thought you meant that racism is a running. Oh, Scott, <laughs> I hope not. If it is, we're in trouble. I guess Scott's racism is a running gag. <laughs> What's Jesus. okay? It's your shtick. Well, That's now I do. Shtick. Now I do have to edit this out. Now what? <laughs> do not edit that out. All right. I need to, but I do need to say something first before we get into this conversation. Uh, I'm very uh, trepidatious about discussing Frank Cho on this podcast. And how's that? Um, well, so Frank was instrumental in my career getting started as a professional comic book guy, mm-hmm. especially in the world of comics, in the industry specifically of comics. He was definitely instrumental in me getting my image contract. Um, I met Frank at the 2001 San Diego Comic-Con. Um, I, I approached him with the first self-published PVP comic and gave him a copy and said, you know, you inspired me and now I've done this and take a look. And he came over and found me and said, I want to talk to you more about this. And he wanted to work with me and he got me, he put in a good word with Valentino at Image. And, and so, you know, he introduced me to the Baltimore Comic Con. He got me going to Baltimore as a guest. I mean, Frank was huge. He was instrumental in my in my uh, comic book career. Mm-hmm. And Frank and I have been through similar uh, situations that he and Robbie are going through right now, almost exactly. Um, in fact, one of the reasons Frank and I don't talk anymore is because I was upset very similarly to Robbie over something Frank drew for me. And rather than just call Frank and talk to him about it, I shot my mouth off on a podcast about it. Mm-hmm. And that was the last time Frank and I talked. Now, since then, I talked to a mutual friend and found out that we both have been doing the, do you ever hear from Frank anymore? Do you ever hear from Scott anymore? Yeah. <laughs> he was encouraging me to 
<clears throat> contact Frank, which I have not, mm. um, because you know uh, I'm embarrassed. But um, I feel like I could talk about this because I really identify with Robbie a lot in this situation. But I'm I, once again here. I am in a position where. <laughs> <laughs> shooting your mouth off on a podcast I'm shooting my mouth off on a podcast about Frank so I've been down this road before right. <laughs> how's, how's this going to work out how's it going to work out I'll tell you how it's going to work out not great <laughs> not great for you not super um, but I, I do want to uh, segue this into um, <clears throat> a conversation about the fact that working in this industry working in any industry you're going to have friends, you're going to have falling outs, you're going to have disagreements, and especially when it's an industry as small as comics, how do you handle that? How do you recover from it? How do you avoid it? And maybe somewhere in there, uh, I can build a bridge. I don't, <laughs> out of tears. Out of tears. A bridge of tears. bridge of tears. A bridge of tears and mistakes. And, uh, but anyway, so my story is that Frank, uh, who's incredibly talented and and is um, – you could say ostensibly that Frank has made a career out of objectifying women. Fair but, enough. But at the same time – at the same time, does, does anyone but me find his work completely innocuous? I'm, when he's not, I'm fifty fifty on on Frank. I don't know him, but yeah, as far as his work is concerned, some of it, some of it, I go meh, whatever, and other stuff, I'm like, ugh. I I gotta be honest with you, I have zero problems with Frank Cho and his art. Well, I I have zero problems with Frank Cho's art. I. Uh, I, I think that he draws wonderfully, I, and and I agree. I don't I, I don't think I'd use uh, the word innocuous, but it's 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 like it's just not it's not threatening. It, I don't get a lot of cruelty that comes through it. It's just it, he he does his thing, and and you know what you're going to get with Frank Cho. It's almost like a brand, and I don't I don't think it's particularly dangerous uh, to women uh, that he draws the way he draws. I just don't. I don't. I don't get any malice there. Yeah, I. I think that. I think that. Um, the word cheesecake is used a lot, and mm-hmm. and one of the reasons why I was upset with Liefeld's um, of defense of Frank was because, and J. Scott Campbell is because I don't find Frank's work and J. Scott Campbell work to be similar at all. I, I don't know why. I don't. Maybe it's because Frank's such a draftsman. And how yeah. did how did Jay Scott get drugged into this? Uh, that's a good question. I wondered where that tangent uh, got thrown in. I, I, I don't know. I, Liefeld went on to say that he'd seen some crap be thrown towards Jay Scott Campbell and Frank Cho because they're of a they're of a ilk of people who draw sexy women, and, oh. and that that's objectifying. And look, and then the problem is that Liefeld went back to that age old time tested argument that. Well, look at the way the men are drawn. Everyone's exaggerated. It's all fantasy. Right. I don't. I don't really know how I feel about his stuff. I feel this kind of same way where I'm. I, I find his stuff really good, but I find it kind of easy to ignore. It's because a lot of it's uh, all the same, so it's it just kind of all bleeds together. Um, 
but he's incredible. He's an incredible draftsman, obviously, but I don't find his stuff particularly engaging. I think one of outside the- of the fact that it's somewhat, I don't know, seems like a lot of it's supposed to be sort of titillating or fantastical. I think one of the problems uh, that I have with these conversations is that people keep bringing up whether or not something is offensive to someone. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, the answer is yes. Well, right. <laughs> yes. So to everything me, can be. Uh, to me, yeah, who, who cares? Uh, look, when it comes to art, everyone's always going to, somebody's going to be offended by something. The real question here is if what we have to, to think about in terms of art is whether or not the art is, uh, is doing something you know good, bad, or in or indifferent, right? So, like mm-hmm. in my opinion, when it comes to Frank and his work, I think fifty percent of his stuff is cheesecake, and who cares? And and or sometimes funny or topical or whatever. Like when we talk about those two covers, the Spider Gwen one and the one with Harley, I actually think the Harley one was funny, topical. It was a commentary for sure. Right, it was a commentary for Mm -hmm. sure, right? So like I mean the first you could argue the first one was commentary too. uh, I I think the first one was dumb and it was it was look, I know Ah, that led me I just I had a thought that led me to six other thoughts. (laughs) (laughs) Well let me let me finish what I was gonna say and then you can get back to it. So organize those thoughts. Um, the first cover I think was provocative for the sake of being provocative to you know rile people mm-hmm, and right. to to me that's a that's you know you can do art that way and that's fine I, I don't think that's a good reason to do it but i think when it comes to a lot of these topics that have been coming up on the net where we go oh that offends so and so or that's offensive or that's yeah it is but the bigger question you need to ask yourself when you look at something like this online is whether or not we're pushing forward an agenda that maybe we should be avoiding so in this particular scenario, who cares whether or not Frank shows art as offensive? What we should really be concerned about is whether or not we're perpetuating a stereotype or whether or not we're punching down at a minority or whether or not. I mean, these are the I think I think that the majority of the people online that are having this conversation, not just about this cover, but about other things. That's the point they're missing. Everybody, mm-hmm. somebody's always going to be offended by something. Always. Sure. You know? Somebody's going to watch the new Daredevil on Netflix and be offended. I guarantee you, it's going to happen. Yeah, there's so, a there's a whole Twitter. Uh, there's a whole what's funny Twitter is account. I was making for, a joke, and I, of course there is. Tell me what this Twitter account. Is. It's a Twitter account that repurpose or reposts awesome Amazon reviews. Okay, and you should read some of them. You should read how some people are offended by stuff. Right, <laughs> and, but it's one of those things where uh, you're not going to be able to avoid that. Someone is going to no, be offended. Uh, the, the here's quest- the thing. The question, and it's not even a question of intent, because you cannot control, your intent can be one thing, but you can't control how it's received. Right? I can hear in my head Frank's thought process on drawing that first one. He had a conversation with a friend about it. He thought it was ridiculous that the Spider-Gwen cover was getting the, not um, the, 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 uh, I can't even say his name. I want to say Marinara, but I know the, it's not Marinara. The Milo Manera uh, Spider Woman. Thank you. Yes. He he was discussing with someone that cut. You know, something like that. I don't know. Whatever Harry got up his butt. Mm-hmm. He decided that, and this is art in itself too. You take a character like Spider Gwen, or maybe the new Bat Girl. It's designed. Maybe he was thinking about the Joker cover. I don't know, but I I feel 
I can I can see the the Frank Cho that I knew that I know going. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna poke the bear. Mm-hmm. As someone who likes to poke bears, <laughs> I've gotten a kick out of poking bears in the past. Right. Yeah. I think Frank was poking the bear. And as someone who's had his bear poked by Frank, mm-hmm. in that very specific particular s- situation, I can see my I can see Frank poking the bear. Now, the thing is, Frank may have a very very valid opinion on the whole situation. And he's gonna he's gonna talk about it and he's gonna discuss it with art. My, my the thing that bothers me about it <clears throat> is here's a couple thoughts I've been trying to organize that I want to get across. First of all, in the subject of this topic specifically, um, you have uh, a wonderful thing happening in comics, kind of an awakening and a growing up where people are saying, "Hey, you know what?" Uh, we want to bring young girls into the fold. We want young girls to have things to read. Um, we're seeing it happen in manga. There's plenty for them to read there. Why isn't there any in American comics? Why aren't we tapping this? So we're making strides to it. And you have Gotham Academy, you have Batgirl, and now you have Spider-Gwen, you know, the Captain Marvel comics, the Miss Marvel comics. And so you have this obvious push in the industry we're all using the hashtag push comics forward mm-hmm. uh boom studios is so so when you when that's the context of these books it's certainly the intent of the creators possibly the intent of the publishers that's the context of them that's that's the thing that is being forgotten these things aren't made in a vacuum that's the context of these books right so the bear that Frank is poking, we don't have to judge whether or not his art has to be explained or not. But the bear that he's poking is the opposite of the Joker cover, okay? Where the, I think the artist of the Joker cover forgot the context of that Batgirl when he drew it. Mm-hmm. And then later realized what he had stumbled into. I think Frank knew specifically what the context of the Spider-Gwen is. And that's why he put her in that pose, to make a statement. I'm not going to even argue whether the statement is valid, offensive. I'm just saying I'm I'm saying that that's what he did. He was provocational on purpose. I really do believe that. Mm-hmm. What bothers me is that when Robbie reacts to it, which is just as valid as Frank's opinion and desire to provoke and make that statement, when Robbie reacts to that statement with hyperbole, we don't need to jump all over Robbie's shit. <laughs> we don't need to pick sides here, right. okay? Because everyone's trying to figure out how to get along. And what you have to remember is that people are people. They're not these one-dimensional or two-dimensional villains in a comic book. They're people. Yeah, they're they're fully formed people. They're four-dimensional. And when I say they're four-dimensional, this is the other point I want to make. Because I'm making a lot of statements about Frank and our – in our in our history and our friendship, and the thing that Frank did to provoke my bear was, I didn't mind at the time in the early two thousands, but he would draw Jade naked all the time. In fact, <laughs> one time I asked him specifically to draw Jade naked. Jade, Jade is a character from PVP. Jade is a character from PVP. Uh, I did a storyline where. Um, 
they found a picture of Jade naked, and Max had a picture of Jade naked. It turned out it was a picture of her as a baby in the bathtub. It was a baby picture. Mm-hmm. And Frank drew the awesome baby picture of a baby Jade in the bathtub naked. But mm. then for fun, he drew a picture of Jade naked laying face down on a bearskin rug. And it's it's framed. It's in my office. It's gorgeous. Uh-huh. It's completely beautiful. And I don't feel that it's provo- – it, I don't think it's provocative in any fucking way. I don't feel it's – it's definitely cheesecake. I don't know. I just really liked it. Uh, and, and Angie loves it. My wife loves it. At the time, people always assumed that Angie was Jade. People would come up to her at conventions and goes, oh, you must be Jade. You must be who Jade is based <laughs> off of. So for fun and to, you know, as a little joke, he would draw really sexual pictures of Jade <laughs> and pass them along over to me at conventions. <laughs> which, which is a variation of the old, you know, do you have any nude pictures of your wife? Would you like some? Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> it's certainly nothing that I could return the favor on because <laughs> I certainly can't draw as good as Frank can. His women are already provocatively drawn. <laughs> it's like the, the worst I could do was draw Brandy as a nun, you know, like <laughs> here she is in a, in a habit. And how do you like that? What do you think of that? Uh, but what happened was that – um uh is that um, Angie saw these and didn't like them. Mm. Those she didn't like. <laughs> didn't like Jade looking at her own boob picture. <laughs> <laughs> and so I asked Frank if he would stop doing it. So Frank published it in a sketchbook. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yes. Come I didn't know about on. that. Yeah, he put it in oh. one of the San Diego sketchbooks. And, and of course, we got a sketchbook for free, and Angie flipped through it, and <laughs> there was Jade licking her boob. Oh, no. Yes. Now, and then, Frank, you look over, and I show him the picture and shoot him a look, and he goes, eh, you know. So, <laughs> the thing is, look, was Frank being an asshole? I don't think so. I think he fucking forgot. And this is what I told Angie, too. I, I think he yeah. saw it. I think he fucking forgot. Or maybe he did it on purpose to provoke. But the point of the matter is, as far as offensive and offenses in life, <laughs> it, you know, it really, I had asked him not to do it. I talked to him about it and it was done. Then, then, um, my big offense later was that I, I turned on the poor son of a bitch because I asked him to draw something for me for the comic. He drew it. It was too risque. I told him to change it a little bit. He changed it a little bit. I was out of time. I ran it, even though I didn't want to. And my dad saw it and yelled at me. It was uh, a, it was, really? it was, yeah. My dad got mad that I put it in the comic strip. And I immediately regretted publishing it. I immediately regretted asking, you know, when Frank Cho draws you something for your comic, you don't turn around and go, you know what I mean? You don't, you don't art direct Frank Cho. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like directing Orson, uh, Wells in a pee commercial. Yeah, no, don't do that either. <laughs> but no, we can't do that. Ask Mrs. Rogers in. I did ask him to. What's a gonk? I, <laughs> <laughs> and he did remove the nipple, and then I published it anyway. And dad lost his shit and made me feel oh, no. about giving into peer pressure, and then like a dumb shit. <sighs> instead of calling Frank and talking to him about it and saying, "Hey, this is why." I was in this difficult position, why I wanted you to change it, and why I'd asked you in the beginning not to do anything risque. Mm-hmm. 
I did what my wife says I always do, which is I get upset and upset, upset. I never talk to the person. Then I explode. And usually I explode publicly. Yeah. Frank has every right to be upset with me. But what I'm saying is in this situation, I am going to defend both Frank and Robbie, you know, because I can see both sides. Yeah. I can. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna come out on the other side a little bit, and I don't know Robbie, so I I don't have any way to. I don't know Robbie to, that well either, except he's amazingly talented. Uh, yeah, clearly. But here's here's the pro. And and by the way, I'm gonna immediately admit my Achilles heel on this one. But I had I had a kind of a okay. My when I looked at Frank, remember when I said uh, I didn't see any malice there. Right. It was just kind of a dopey kind of, you know, here's here's Spider Gwen. But when I read uh, that, that he thinks of Spider Gwen as one of his kids and be lucky you're never around me, that has malice in it. That has a lot. That has a, that is a uh, veil. Oh, 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 that's not Frank didn't write that. Robbie. No, 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 Robbie. That's what I'm saying. That's that's the one that I kind of have a problem with is that. I, I don't know how the rest of us are supposed to know what's going on inside Robbie's mind that he considers this one of his kids and uh, and well, and be right. lucky you're never around me is is threatening and and I think that I, I think if anything he may be overamped a little bit uh, and here's where my Achilles heel is so every now and again I put my kids in my strip right and I and I'm doing the side thing Arch Brothers that that is just about the kid anytime somebody says they don't like one of those strips, I lose my shit. So having come out against, I'll, I'll be the first one to say that I'm just as liable to do the exact sort of thing. Yeah, but that, that's, those are your actual kids. Like Spider-Gwen is not his actual kid. Well, he's using I, I, that is as he a, say, is as he a metaphor, that he, right? Is he saying that he based the Spider-Gwen no. on like, maybe his well, daughter or something? No, it, doesn't no, even no, no. it doesn't matter. He doesn't own the character. It's not his. So that's the other aspect to this. It's like, okay, uh, well, you're going to punch a punch a guy in the face for are you gonna say he was gonna i know i know but he's getting all riled up and this isn't even his character it's not it is his character you got mad because i'm I'm sorry it is his character why is it it not his his character why it's not his character oh it's owned by another it's owned by a company like he doesn't own that character that's all i'm saying people can't have it both ways it can't be jack kirby invented this and marvel yeah no i'm just saying he's taking ownership for something that he doesn't necessarily need to but right. he's Don't taking you... he's taking ownership over something that he and but he and, did he did he he and the author revitalized and redesigned and created a whole new story for and brought in an entirely new readership. Have you seen mm. the sales numbers on Spider Gwen? It's insanity. I I, I think again. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. We're all. I mean, we all finished high school. Um, if you, I think it's pretty obvious what he meant by that. Again, it's called it's hyperbole. Well, he clarified. <laughs> no, he clarified later too in a longer write up. Again, it's. I think it's. I well, think. We should look at that. Well, I oh, think I, I that's. He basically on, said. He said, "All I'm saying is, if we were in the same room, you'd get this earful right here. This Facebook yeah. post that I'm putting down. He wasn't making a physical press. Yeah. I, well, <clears throat> again, and that's we can discuss that. You probably should make a physical threat. I honestly don't think Rompy did make a physical threat. <laughs> you shouldn't be, shouldn't be making any <laughs> threats on social media within 140 characters or or at all anywhere for that well, it's just people get riled up it does people get people get upset look all i'm saying is that i think what robbie is saying when he says that's my kid i think he's and that's my character i think what he's saying is that 
um, he's very passionate and attached right now to what they're trying to do with Gwen. Well, right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the more important aspect to why he got robbed up. The context of what they're trying to do. Because like what, like what we've said, like Frank Cho has sort of got that old school, like objectify or not, whatever word you want to use, like the way he draws women is the opposite of what they're trying to do with spider Gwen (laughs) as far as women in comics. I mean, can we agree on that? No, I agree. And my fear, and I don't know. That's what he's reacting to. And Frank's not here to defend himself, nor is Scott or Rob, but my fear is that, and I hope it's not true, but my fear is that Frank is one of these guys that's in the camp of saying, Oh, this vocal minority, let our women be cheesecakey. This is just, you know, it's beautiful and men are a fantasy too. And, you know, and that maybe they're against the whole push. You know, this is a, this is one more of the dying of the light kind of thing where the guy that makes cheesecake, you see, that's the context I think Frank is being put in that's unfair. Mm-hmm. Is that, you know, Frank might be saying, God, what a, what, this argument is so dumb. It's art. We've been doing it for a long time. I guarantee you, know? you that's what he's saying. That's absolutely what he's saying. He's saying. Right. But the context that he's being put in is that the lines being drawn in, in is like the Gamergate stuff, which is, right. you know, Frank is on this side with Rob and Scott Campbell and Robbie's on this side, you know. Well, everything I mean, in a way, yeah, but they're putting them there. It's not like he's being put in that category against his will. I mean, he draws the way he draws and he knows what he's drawing. He's not doing it unwittingly. No, I know that. But I think so argument it's fine for him to I, I've, I just don't think he should complain. Somebody like him shouldn't complain. Not that he is, but, you know, he shouldn't complain that, oh, you know, I mean, what's the argument like? Oh, darn, like young girls are getting interested in comics and, you know, things like Raina Telgemeier's books and even these, these new books that Marvel's trying to do, you know, where they're not objectifying women and they have characters that aren't, you know, running well, around with their I boobs think- flapping out and stuff. Like, that's a good thing. Like, we're, you know, the industry is shifting and changing what if for, Frank's- for a good reason. And the cheesecake thing isn't even being touched. Like, it doesn't, it's not, that stuff isn't being eradicated. It's just when the two collide, there, there does become sides. I think. I don't think, you think? No, I agree. What I'm, what I'm suggesting is, what if that's Frank's point? Mm. What if Frank's point is, hey guys, this, uh, yeah, this artist, let me do my thing. This sure. artist who draws this way, who I identify with because I get shit about the way I draw. When he draws Spider Woman like this with her butt up, it doesn't change the fact that you have Spider Gwen that is reaching out to to young girls. They don't negate each other. You can have both. Maybe that's his point. Well, it's, it didn't come through in that drawing. No, it did yeah. not. That, that, it, could, it was, that could easily be I, his point. Yeah, but no, see, that drawing was not helping. <clears throat> that that's classic. Um, that's classic Cho, though, right? Like, I mean, that's the argument that's made all the time, and I think people have made it on my behalf as well. Which is, well, if you knew Frank and his intention was this, and maybe he didn't say it right, and right, you know. I mean, I'm sure people have made the same arguments for me a million times. You pull Frank aside and you're like, why'd you do that? And he's like, oh, well, I was saying X, Y, Z. And then someone goes, Frank, that's not the point that came across. Mm-hmm. You know, you sound like a douche. And he's like, oh, well, eh. you know, which you could remove the word Frank and replace Scott. And I've had those exact conversations with <laughs> I guess that's why I'm defending him. It's like I've been in this position 
as well. But anyway, that's why I've been afraid to talk about it because I think um, he would be easier to defend if he had not doubled down. You know, we should do. We should. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I respect. I got. I got to admit. I. I. And and I don't. I don't. Don't know why this is, but that's what I respected about him is that he did double down. That he didn't do what I would do is go run and hide in the corner. He, oh no! He, that's he, he's never going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's what I respect about it so much is that he came right back and said, if you don't, if you didn't like that, you're really not going to like this. I'm going to disagree with you in the opposite direction, Brad. I think that okay. him doubling down on it is, is a mistake. Oh, I, I'm, I'm, you know what, Corey, I'm not going to argue that. I, it may have been a mistake. I just respect the the balls that it took to do it so much but I don't because think it's so opposite of what, what of how I am. I, 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 I've something... talked to Scott about this before. Anytime something happens, I'm like, oh, my, I'm, I, I was I was raised in such a way. Right. Oh, so my God. Yeah. No, no. I just had a big I, I had like a, a little a mini emotional breakthrough because I was talking to my wife about how my mom would always use the phrase like, what are the neighbors going to think? What do you think Mrs. Uh, Johnson thought when she saw you doing this and that? And it, it became like this thing in my head that when something happens, I immediately go to that voice saying, oh, what are people going to think? And I got to be honest with you, I have such respect for someone who can stand up and say, this is who I am. And I'm putting that out there. And if you don't like it, I don't care what the neighbors are going to think. But there's a difference. I, I, between, I respond to that. There's a difference between not caring what someone thinks and intentionally uh provoking someone yes like right true if true. He, if he had just put out that first cover and and then it had been like there's you don't backlash. know that you don't know that frank had any intention of provoking robbie at all with that i don't think don't, he did i don't no. think he did with the initial cover I that's think why i think right? that's why i, I mean, think doubling down is the problem i think when he put out the initial cover he was trying to make some commentary it backfired a little bit he he probably should have gone. Hey, whoa, sorry, I was making a joke about Monero's thing. It, this has nothing to do with that. You're right. It was, you know, this is my style. It was risque. You know, sorry. Right. But instead, why do you have to? Why do you have to automatically start uh, genuflecting as soon as somebody says that they're offended? Why does that become Frank's problem that someone else was offended? It's but that's that's what I was talking about earlier. Fuck if they're offended. The problem is that he's punching down. Do you see is what I'm he? saying? Absolutely. Mm. How is it down? He's I gotta, nailing, I gotta think he's on that. nailing yeah. women, dude. This is not the the reason. What? The, the reason that that that's a problem is because Spider Man's head is popping right up over the ledge, going, "Woo, they got Oh yeah, I that's that. the problem. And nobody can fucking argue with that. It's not that he just drew Spider Gwen in that cover. Now, if he had drawn Spider Gwen in that position, and and Gwen Stacy is saying something in the same way that he did with joker and harley quinn that's why the joker harley quinn cover works because harley's Ooh, saying something and joker's in front of her the problem with that joker's saying look we're doing this on purpose to blow up the internet yeah, i know you're right. uncomfortable with this but we're making a point absolutely right. whereas the first exactly. cover he's taken a stab at women he's taken a stab at the vocal minority and intentionally or not he's taken a jab at robbie rodriguez and what they've done with spider gwen and he nobody right. can fucking refute that sorry <laughs> like it's and and what he should have done is come out and went and hey, that's not what I was intending to do or if he was intending to do that which clearly he was you know he doubled down on it does it make no, him less he, of an asshole I, I've no, read he absolutely he thinks not he thinks it's a non-scandal and he doesn't know why everyone's so upset but that's the problem right 
that's that's the issue is that he thinks it's a non-scandal. He doesn't understand why everyone's upset. Everyone's upset because 50% of the readers of our industry now, I'm sorry, 40% in the last poll, give a fuck. Sorry, mm-hmm. Frank. You can have your 60%, but 40%... That's what I'm talking about, the context of it, right? It's the difference between taking Starfire, a character whose sexuality is attached to her powers, mm-hmm. practically, and drawing her in a sexy pose, and then taking Nancy Drew, you know, or someone from the Babysitter's Club. <laughs> Or Jade, no, I'm just, <laughs> yeah, or Jade. Um, and and doing something with it. I mean, like that's the point. Is it was the point of it was to be provocative. Mm-hmm. He took the he took but, the and, and that's why he's punching down. His point is to be provocative. No, you're right, and he's, he's doing point, it against he's punching the, down the first one, and he's punching down, and, and then he's backtracking a bit in the second fuck one. Fuck yeah, and it's bullshit. Because the, if he had done the Harley Quinn one first, it yep. would have been fine. Yeah, and honestly, reverse the reverse the release of those two co- covers, and he's fine. Because the Harley Quinn one sets up the second one. This is what I mean about people being and offended. And Harley is, Harley is a character that does that kind of stuff. That's fine. And even even if she wasn't, even if you didn't know who she like, was. Yeah, because the context of that drawing is, why am I holding this pose? And he's like, we're making the internet explode. Exactly. Right. She's like, Ugh, this is such a boring pose and terrible. But, who cares? but this is what I'm talking about with online and how we're missing the point. Because everyone keeps bringing up, well, so-and-so's offended. Well, so-and-so's, fuck if you're offended. It has nothing to do with whether or not you'll be offended because everyone's going to get offended by something. It has everything to do with intent. Well, and not, and it's intent, but not even within its context. Because remember as an artist, when you release something, you can't explain what you were trying to do when you released it. You've got the image or you've got the words or you've got the thing you did and people are going to feel the way they feel based on that. So you better be damn well sure that the piece of art you're releasing has the, the intention ingrained in that art. I think this is the point we're missing. This is this is one of the many downsides of new media and technology. I think for artists, as as artists now, and and I say this to to you guys and to our listeners, you got you got to think about what you're doing. Maybe more now than ever before, because mm-hmm. I think as you go back further in time, um, people that used to do things with art like. Uh, you know, an installation or an art piece or something like that, and then someone had to go to a gallery to see it or whatever. Maple Thorpe. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm trying to say, right? Like someone had to put time and and when it comes to intention, they were going out of their way to do some of this stuff, right? Now it's just a, a doodle and a, throw it up, and you don't have to Twitter, and then everyone sees it, right? You don't you and and. You don't have to think about it as much. And on one hand, that's that's good. We're getting a little closer to the id, maybe, when it comes to art. But on the other hand, that could be bad. I think this is maybe a scenario in which it didn't work out so well. Uh, I just want to know the context of the art. Was it just uh, was it one of those covers like the um, sketch cover that Mario was? Yeah, yeah, like a sketch sketch cover. cover. So it's not a published cover, right? No, no, no. Well, published online when he released. Yeah, I mean, ostensibly it got published more than if it had been published. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's true. It's been seen more than it would if it was a comic. Right. Yeah. Uh, Okay, I just I I thought that was interesting. Um, Yeah, Uh, but you're right. I've got. Oh, go ahead, Corey. Oh, I've got a topic that kind of ties into this a little bit. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, so there's a guy named John Ronson, and he wrote a book recently called uh, "So You've Been Publicly Shamed," which covers oh. like all of the public shaming stuff that has happened recently. And uh, ARCs, which are advanced reader copies of this book, were released. 
Um, and it, an ARC is, is like a first bound copy that gets sent to reviewers and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, he's being he's being publicly shamed for <laughs> his book about, <laughs> about being publicly, publicly shaming. Wow. Uh, there was there was a comment in the book that was uh, that was later taken out. It was in the ARC. It didn't make it into the final print edition. And someone read it and uh, broke the terms of their reading it and and tweeted about it and made a big stink about it. <laughs> really? Wow. Wait, uh, let's say that again. You've lost me. Okay. Uh, I wrote a book about what happens when a person is publicly shamed. Right. And then an advanced reading copy came out. And yeah. now he's being shamed about writing the book? About a passage in the book, yeah. Oh, that I'm has seeing since the pa- been edited. Do you know what the passage is? Um, the passage I, doesn't exist I'm anymore. I'm looking at it. it was well, I'm looking the, at it. It was in the ARC copy. It, it The out-of-context of the book... <laughs> Very out of context. The passage uh, compares uh, rape of women to Uh-oh. being fired for men. Oh, it's, oh. oh. that's a bummer. No. Well, no, that's hold bummer. on. It's hard. <laughs> it's, this week, on, that's a bummer. It is way, way, way out of context. Yeah, okay. okay. Even, even it's com- hard to imagine a context where that comparison would right. be okay, but you do have to note that it is, you're looking at, you know, four lines of text here. Right. can't get over how awesome, that's a bummer. It's, <laughs> it's so inappropriate and awesome. That's uh, a bummer. Well, hold on. I, I'm, I'm just looking, I'm on salon.com right now. I've actually found the passage. Okay. So uh, the passage. The whole passage with context? With context, right? So oh, let's oh, yeah. see. Uh, at issue is a passage concerning, this is from salon.com, at issue is a passage concerning rape that Ronson cut from the final version of So You've Been Published Shame. So this passage is cut. It was in the ARC, was sent out to reviewers, but then uh, upon final reading, before they went to print, he went, eh, no, this is no good. Cause it, and probably because he read it and went, this could be taken out of context. Let's remove this. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Too late. So uh, one of the author's gotcha. sources. Well, yeah, That's right. Bummer. bummer. One of the, one of the, <laughs> back to the well <laughs> Sorry. one of the one of the author's sources a female member of the infamous message board 4chan told him quote oh, great 4chan aims to degrade the target right and one of the highest degradations for women in our culture is rape we don't talk about rape of men so i think it doesn't occur to most people as a male degradation with men they talk about getting them fired in our society men are supposed to be employed if they're fired they lose their masculinity points all right this is from someone on 4chan uh, and then we're back to salon.com now. It says, Struck, Ronson contemplates the idea for a while before deciding, quote, this is the quote that was cut, I don't know if Mercedes was right, but I do know this. I can't think of many worse things than getting fired, end quote. And he's talking about himself now, right? Although he never endorses the equivalence uh, his source draws between the two threats, Ronson eventually removes the passage from the book after, quote, people I really respect said I was wrong to have had that line there. You can find the full account of the decision here. So there's a He didn't link. even say it, though. Uh, he did not, no. So the, uh, <laughs> and it was an ARC, which the people who get agree to not be doing the thing that someone has done. So now he's in the middle Great. of a public shaming campaign on, on Twitter about this. It's awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> Yikes. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you right now. So I want to, and we've brushed on it a little bit before, and, and I think some of this Frank Cho, Robbie Rodriguez stuff ties into it a little bit. I want to talk about uh, public shaming mm. versus speaking out because I think there's a difference, and I, mm. and I think we're doing it wrong, Internet. 
I think we're doing it wrong. No one's talking. Pay attention, about it. internet. It's not that no one's talking about. It. Everybody's talking about this one. Okay. And <laughs> and discuss. What? No, it's your topic. You discuss it. What? Bummer. Bummer. I'll I'll come out on this uh, topic by saying this. I, it, it sounds to me like that. Unless you, I'm going to be really interested, Corey, in what you're going to say here because he already it sounds said, to, said for us to discuss it. Well, I'm going to kick off the discussion. Right. Because it sounds to me like what you're saying is the difference between public shaming and uh, helpful criticism and, and speaking out is which side you're on. If it's it's me doing, it's helpful. And if it's you doing it, it's uh, it's public shaming. One is a discussion. One is a witch hunt. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, I actually, that's a really interesting way of putting it. There is another uh, incident that happened a while ago. Um and I, I won't mention names, but it was in the tech industry where some people were at a tech conference and they were sitting, you know, in a big theater watching something. And that. two dudes were sitting next to each other and one of them made an off-color joke and to his buddy who he's sitting next to. And the mm-hmm. woman in front of him turned around and took a picture of him and tweeted on the internet that basically mm-hmm. that he was a chauvinist pig. Uh, he was fired. Um, his career pretty much ended. Uh, I think that he probably won't be able to work in the tech industry anytime soon again. Uh, and then she also was uh, fired. fired. Yeah. And it was like, it fell both ways. And I think in the end, she ended up, uh, I, th- I think she ended up apologizing. There was some, I, I, don't quote me on that. I think uh, uh, he apologized and she apologized. I don't think it worked out well for anyone. Yeah. And it was a huge <laughs> I think it worked out very fodder. poorly for everyone in the long term. That's the new, that's our new uh, future. Just taking pictures of people as they walk by uh, saying something offensive. Well, yeah. T- tweeting, hey, I heard this guy say something offensive. Like, who took that seriously? Up How did that guy point, lose his job? Up until this point, it's been comedians trying out new material in the context of them telling jokes. Mm-hmm. Right. right. The new one is it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Sure. Uh, Think well, about how many times I've been on a panel and I make a joke. And it's mm. clearly a joke. And someone right. could just say, Kurtz at this panel just compared X to Y. And, right. you know, and it doesn't matter. I'm done. I'm done. So. Wow. Well, uh, it's like, um, uh, what's his name? Who's, who's taken over for John Stewart. That's why I don't do panels anymore. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> and, and uh, oh gosh. Os- uh, uh, Pat Oswald had a really good take on that. Trevor mm-hmm. Noah. That's who it was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tell us Pat Oswald's take. Oh, he did a he did like a fifty three tweet. He did yes, he did a. <laughs> so the, this, basically this... he told the joke. You know, why did the butter fly out the window? Because it wanted a butter. He wanted to see butterfly or something. You know that old kids joke. And then he went on in fifty two more installments and like apologized for it and reframed it and you know he just really took it to the nth degree of of ridiculous. And this right. started. This started because uh, Trevor Noah, who's a who's a fantastic comedian, by the way, was announced as a replacement for Jon Stewart. And people went back through his Twitter feed and found some jokes that landed flat from two years ago and I think three or four years ago and just started going after him. I mean, really, really going after him. The one yeah. they went, the, the, the one that they're saying was anti-Semitic wasn't even very good. I mean, it wasn't even, it was like a bad joke. Yeah, it didn't. Right? It didn't fly. None no. of it flew. It, they were it very, like, they were both okay. very poor jokes. Yeah, um, but I was more offended that they didn't make me laugh. Right. Than, um, <laughs> than <the anti-Semitism. laughs> well, I think um, 
I, I think going back to the Rodriguez Chill thing, I think in a way, Scott, the this kind of ties back to what was happening with you and Frank, where he was at a convention between just the two of you. He was drawing illicit pictures of one of your characters and passing them to you, and you were being made uncomfortable and laughing about it. It was like an inside joke. But when it was published in a book, it became a problem. Mm-hmm. Right. It became a problem, yeah. And now because of the internet, everything is published immediately. <laughs> it well, becomes a I problem. Well, remember, I, remember, I remember someone telling me at the time, you know, I told Frank that it was bothering me, and they said, well, that's the worst thing you can do. Yeah, he's just gonna, because <laughs> you know, much like he did Frank. with this thing, is he doubled down on it, right? He doubled down. Yeah. He doubled down. He took he took the chicken and put it between two pieces of chicken. He said, "These oh, are the buns." So We're doubling down. I think um, the the. <laughs> <laughs> but I again, about that sandwich. again, gotta go get one of those. Yeah, guys. After this, KFC, right? It's all double. Yeah. we'll get that dinner in a bowl. Our, our new our we'll new sponsor. Meet them at KFC. See, that was the that was always the the. The dichotomy of Frank, right? Because this is the guy that here's where he's going to get mad at me. This is the man that cries at Cinema Paradiso, the movie. I think he's admitted that. Balls like a baby. He's got two daughters he adores. Um, and you know, has gone. It went out. Went out on a limb more than once for me, career-wise. But this is one problem. <laughs> Well, I'm gonna make uh, I'm gonna make a comparative for you of of another celebrity that you really like uh, in Howard Stern, who also mm. has he's got two or three daughters, right? Yeah, he's got a public persona, and but at some point, even in that persona, he stopped doing certain stuff. He did. He made it. He made a conscious decision because times are. He changing. got well. I think he got older and realized that he wasn't as. Um, I think with Stern and Brad, Brad can probably you know, confirm this with me. I think once he realized that he didn't need to prove to himself anymore that he was the best at what he did, that he stopped. My take is similar, but just a shade different. I think what happened was number one, as, as a performer, he just didn't want to keep doing the same old thing over and over again because he really rejected when he saw that happening around him. And number two, he literally had built his career up to a point at which he didn't need that uh, other stuff. And he could rely more on the things that he always valued, like his interviews. Whereas back in 1988, you'd 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 sit through that you'd sit through his interview with Cindy Lauper because you knew the stripper challenge was coming on. You know, and and he kind of got your he got. Those, and then it swapped, right? Then it was you sat yeah. through the stripper challenge because you knew the cool interview was coming up and the exactly. bit exactly yeah. But if he wouldn't, you can make the argument that if he didn't do that stuff back then, we would have never found out what a great interviewer he was. You know, it was kind of like the deal he made with the devil. I, I not, not that's that's pejorative. It, it's it's the it's it was the yellow impurity in his Green Lantern ring is that he had two <laughs> oh, different God. things. I, I love that. I, I love using that example. I've used it for about ten different reasons now. But uh, but there was the thing, and now he doesn't need it. So he can just sit back and be the interviewer and do a little bit of the crazy stuff. But certainly, like, I can't remember the last time he's done, like, you know, win breast implants or something like that. He just doesn't rely on that. He doesn't do that anymore. Yeah. He doesn't have to. He's on. I mean, he won that battle, right? Right. He's he's he lived. He he's he has survived. Uh, He's still very relevant. 
Uh, and, and this other, and now I think he gets that a to big reason why really he was doing when him. best breast implants was because someone told him he couldn't say poop. You know what I mean? Like it was <laughs> all right. We're gonna go all the way now. But again, well, we're in a scenario in which you've got Joe. you've got a creator who doubles down on that stuff. Yes. And but at some point, he still made the decision that that was unnecessary. It didn't need on to happen. his terms. On his terms, right? He made the decision. So, he didn't have that decision made for him. He made that decision. But isn't it time that some some of these creators in our industry, you know, the the J. Scott Campbells and Liefelds and the, the Joes and that thing, isn't it time that they make that decision for themselves? Though, like, have we um, finally shifted enough that it's time? Is forty percent readership enough? Do we need more? Does it need to be fifty fifty? No, see that I reject that. There's, and you said it yourself. There's, there's room for a J. Scott Campbell and a Frank Cho, and a uh, Scott McCloud and a and a Raina Tele. Oh my God, I shouldn't have done that because I'm never, gonna, I'm never gonna pronounce it right, and I'm gonna sound like a dope. I'm I sorry. think that's Frank. There's room. There's room for everybody. You can you can do that over there and you can do this over here. Absolutely. And I don't have to be upset by what you like and you don't have to be upset by what I sure. like. I and, think uh, Frank's point is that um, because he draws sexy women, it doesn't mean that um, you can't have a book where uh, – um, you can't have a book where women aren't – you can't have a book like Spider Gwen or Batgirl. You can have both. Sure. And you can in that you have... That's why you can have the Babysitter Club and Women of the Traveling Pants and you can have the Coyote Ugly movie. No, I, right? I'm going like, to take it a totally different direction for you because you can have uh, Brandon Graham's work who... That is. A, you, you know Brandon Graham. You'd know him if you saw his stuff because it's a lot of ladies and dudes and even in some cases them having sex or being in the middle of illicit acts, right? You've got... I'm it as we speak. Uh, and that's not all of his work, but that's a, a good chunk of it. You've got Empowered, right? These things exist. Mm -hmm. Empowered, yeah, Adam. Oh, sure. Adam Warren stuff is now, fantastic. Now, compare Adam Warren stuff to Frank Cho stuff. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's a matter. It's a matter, uh, okay, it's a matter I, of what they're doing. Okay, so so explain that because I've got I've, I've got a bunch of the Empowered books, and it's 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 like a lot of bondage and a lot of like her clothes come falling off, and yet and 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 by the way, I'm not saying that in a bad way. I think I think Adam's work is fantastic. His work is fantastic. Uh, but how come I how come you don't see him drawing fire in the same way that you would see uh, Frank Cho? How how does he avoid that? Because he's not he doesn't draw other people's characters <laughs> in, in compromising poses. Well, I mean, that might be part of it, right? But isn't I don't isn't, think you've I think I I don't think you've seen Frank have problems either until now. Well, right. That's what that's the that's the whole reason we're but talking it's about. Not it, like because people are upset he because drew like, that specific drawing. Drew nobody that, was yeah. No one was like, "Bearing down, got to stop Frank." No, no, no. <laughs> these beautiful women. No, I mean, no, the, no, he no. just made a Kickstarter about how to draw beautiful women. Sure, <laughs> and made like twelve bajillion dollars. Absolutely, that's fine. I'm going to answer my own question. And, and this it. is where I think that Adam succeeds uh, with a really big way, because I've read uh, like the first four books and the relationship between the two uh, main characters, Empowered and her boyfriend, whose name I'm, I'm just thug boy there. I knew it would come to me as I Googled it. Um, it's one of the most genuine uh, uh, it's it's a great relationship. It, it, they're supportive. They're caring. They're it's a real solid relationship. And I think that takes the the, the that and the other writing uh, that's that's very funny. 
I think that takes it, it, some of that. Remember what I said earlier, malice. That takes some of that malice right. out. It's That's like just context. Know, this so. is, exactly, exactly. But if right. Robbie and Frank sat in a room together, Robbie would figure out pretty quickly that Frank likes what he's doing. Absolutely. And yeah. and um, Robbie would agree that books like Empowered and Frank stuff can exist and don't negate what he's doing. Right. The problem is fucking Twitter. Yep. <laughs> it is. Because everything is boiled down into these little But know, the problem is, here's the thing. You have creative people like taken us. Out of context. You have creative people like us. The illiterati. The good people. <laughs> we have creative... Guy. We want the Hugo Awards back. We have creative <laughs> outlets. Our creative outlets are our creativity, our art. Right. Yeah. And through that, we have an identity. Right. I mean, honestly, we have an identity through our through our creativity. Mm-hmm. If you don't have that, you have to find your identity some other way. And for some people, their identity is shitting on other people's identity. Oof. So you have this context of creators creating and creating art. Mm-hmm. And and the whole thing is being fucked up by the everyone else whose identity is being formed by going online and shaming people for being creative. Mm-hmm. That's where the problem is. That's how art is being hurt. Is that the fanaticism that's going online where it's false, right? Like the people the people that are really making these decisions, the people that are really having the discussion are fine. It's the fringe elements that are just fucking throwing Molotov cocktails in just to watch everybody burn is the problem. Mm-hmm. And we're not, mm-hmm. there's not a way to separate them apart. I know. I, I disagree. There is a way. Well, yeah. You just get off social media. <laughs> <laughs> That's ignoring the problem. I, I no, think it's it, not. We have the discussion at a goddamn convention. It's like Galactica. Sure. You get on the ship with an analog phone and then the Cylons <laughs> can't get in. <laughs> I'm telling you, we've all got to get to the Galactica. You don't know who's a Cylon. And I'm saying that neither Frank nor Robbie is a Cylon. I nailed it. I brought it home. Call me Frank. (laughs) Oh, my God. I actually think you did hit the nail on the head between what I had asked earlier, which was the difference between uh, speaking out and, and publicly shaming someone. Yeah. If you have a problem with somebody, here's a thought. Don't be like Uncle Scott. Wait till you see him at a convention and go up and say, hey, you got a minute? Because yeah. at the end of it, you'll be having beers instead, yeah. of, instead of having seven years. Or, you well, know, not, oh, not only that, but the, but the other person might think – we've talked about this before on, on the show. The other person might actually think about it. Make if a you friend. Fire, if you fire a shot at somebody via social media – they're gonna fire a shot back. That's all you're gonna. That's all that you're gonna get out of it, right? Is a shot back. Even if, even if somebody like, how many times has someone asked you a legit question on social media, and your first response is to bristle because you're like, "What are they saying?" Oh, Everyone oh. saw that, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Whereas, where, and, and it's the same. You know, it, it's the same scenario. And and I think knowing Robbie as I do, I think this may be a scenario in which Robbie might have picked up the phone and called Frank if he had Good. Frank's number. You see what I'm Quite saying? Quite possibly, yeah. I wrote Robbie a personal email. Did you? Yeah, I did. What'd you say? I just said, look, I've been through this once before with... with- mm-hmm. what'd, you, what'd you say in that personal email? 
said, Frank is a fucking pig, and let's fight him. <laughs> where do you want me to I know where the fucker lives. <laughs> I know well, personal experience. That's the end of that, I guess. Let's not have kung fu. Do you have a knife? <laughs> I borrow a knife. <laughs> so, uh, the question is... <laughs> Not gonna happen. This is, when Corey, this is when Corey really goes ultra NPR on us. The the, the tone changes. It's like okay, I got to bring these guys back. <laughs> <laughs> bring them back to Earth. No, but the, but seriously, we're onto something here. So the question then becomes: yeah. How do we? Are we? We are. No, I swear we are. All okay. right. Let me bring it home. Bringing it into bringing it into doc. You ready? Yeah, how I'm do ready. we now do that online? Because this is our new reality. How do we have the conversation to come with beers? online now well you could just like for example you could say oh frank i don't appreciate that we, let's give me a call and then he goes okay i'll give you a call and then well, it's yeah. like oh wow that, you well, know, yeah that that, that would, would be, be i think that's helpful. one way to do it <laughs> everybody has skype now it wouldn't be that big of a deal to say hey let's jump on skype and and hash this out and then, you know, you both go on social media and say, uh, all right, we talked about it. Everything's cool. Back to your places and go on. Well, right. that's kind and, of what I, what, I, what I meant. My t- the, yeah, the, the meaning, the context I, I left out of what I was talking about before, where it's like it's not technically his character. So why is he getting riled up the way he is online like that? Like other than to just kind of drum it up more, like take what? a second. And, you know, if you really have a problem with what Frank's done, like – do what we just said. Reach out. Like, reach out privately. Don't go back on Twitter. And I'm going to argue make, on that. Statement. Go ahead, please. I'm going to argue with you. <laughs> All right. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, okay. It could okay. Be his on that character. part. The other part, not. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, no, it could be his character. I'm just saying my point is, if it really does, if it truly is your kid, if it truly is your soul that he's crushing, you know, reach out. Don't, don't, uh, you know, 144 character him back, you know, some something that's going to get blown out, out of proportion the way it did. I mean, that's what we, to answer your question, Corey, that's what I think we need to do as a community. Oh, I Stop agree. using Twitter for, <laughs> I don't for think, personal gain or I don't think it's a matter of malice of stopping using Twitter. I, I think it's a matter no, of, no, well, just not for that. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Sure. I, I think it's a matter of using it in a different way because the thing is, even if we all stopped using Twitter, there's still going to be some fan who brings us to Absolutely. our attention. Like I can almost guarantee you, I mean, knowing Robbie and knowing what a worker he is and how, frankly, how little time he spends on things like social media, somebody had to bring this to his attention. Probably, yeah. You know, and by the time it hit him, it had been conflagrated into this weird thing, right? I'm sure. And I haven't talked to him about it, so I don't know exactly what happened. But I, I can almost guarantee you that after, and all it takes is a few hours because the internet, what used to take a few days can now happen very quickly, right? I guarantee yeah. you it was distorted into some weird stuff and shuffled along well before, yeah. you know, anybody said anything. Well, and I'm also like admitting that I would probably do the same thing. That's what I, I mean. Your question is, how do we, you know, how do we approach this differently? How do we make this, you know, change this, this pattern that seems to keep occurring? And I think it's, you know, to just take a breath, turn your computer off for an hour. You know, it's, it's this, it's the same lesson you learned in first grade. When you get mad at another kid for taking your toy, you count to five, you know, like we need to chill out and not just jump right back on the social media that, you know, the thing got blown out of proportion in the first place. You know, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. 
And I think, so, I think part of the reason and it's never, it's hardly ever done anybody any good absolutely. other than maybe drum up some controversy and sell more books, which I'm not I saying he's say, doing, I'm not saying he's doing that on purpose, but that's what some people, so I think some people do do that. I think a lot of these defamer personalities out there are looking to do that. They just want to, to make controversy where there, there isn't necessarily controversy mm-hmm. to, yeah, to get attention really, or, or sales or ad you know, ad views or whatever they're looking for. So I just think feeding, feeding that is dangerous and doesn't do anybody any good, especially in comics. Like I think what we're all sort of skating around, uh, in is comics, uh, you know, the comics industry is, is pretty small and it's completely, uh, you know, possible for us all to meet up at a comic con and just sit around and have beers and talk this all out, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's, what's being kind of negated, uh, by this sort of, uh, you know, this online vitriol that happens. So I just, that's what I wish would, no, I, would, I, would change. I a hundred percent agree with you. I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I think the, the hardest part of what you've just discussed though, is these other people, the, the outside yeah. influencers, right? These other sure. sources that are going to, the ones that are actually drumming it up in the first place. Sure. Yes. And I agree. the one with they, the popcorn, they, yep. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. They're either, they're either trolls with popcorn or they're fans like hardcore fans Right. Who believe heavily in one thing or the other thing. I mean, it's rarely yeah. rarely do you see the people at the center of these controversies making the problem. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, like no, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Yeah, I'm saying that in the future we can we can as a community as, as the artists that are being pulled in against our will, we can you can squash it. You yeah, know, you or can, at least you try can to squash those it. scenarios very quickly. Exactly. And so I, that's what I think would be. That's what I mean by refreshing. That would be refreshing to, to see somebody just go, hey, here's my number or, you know, follow me and I'll DM you my number. You know, let's talk <laughs> instead of Scott, Scott. WTF, hmm. question mark, explanation mark. A couple of years ago, Scott, I brought you an idea uh, that I still think. <laughs> Sorry, was... Brad's tone is creepy. Yeah. <laughs> we got really quiet and serious. Idea. I know exactly where he's heading. And it was really, it was a brilliant idea. We weren't ever really able to get behind it. It was, it was a kiosk that you went up and bought a comic at a, uh, at a kiosk and, and maybe it printed it out right there. Maybe they just had them in a vending machine. Uh, Mm -hmm. That idea was solid gold and it, and it never came to (laughs) terrible, terrible idea. The worst idea. But continue. But I've got an idea now that makes that idea look like a bucket of chum. Already. Now here's here's what it it's an app. It's an app. Oh my god. Go I'm ahead. Going, I'm going Chief into Brody, full sales is that mode. you? I'm ready. Ready. <laughs> so here's what it is. It's an app that you you can use when these dust ups occur yeah. and both people agree to get on Skype at a certain time and talk about it. Good, right? So far, so far good. Now sure. other people <laughs> hit stop. stop. There's no, there's no printing kiosk here. This one is all electronic. I'm just freaked Other- out by your to catch a predator voice. But good- <laughs> did you realize she was 13, Scott? <laughs> What's in You'll- the bag, Scott? Uh, the rest of us can sign up to watch this and become spectators for a nominal fee, and then at the end of the whole, in every they talk it out, bop, 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 bop. Maybe it gets a little bit heated, but at the end, you know how it is in a face-to-face conversation. Sooner or later, you come to a, some kind of a, a closing point, and then all the money goes to charity. It's an arena, and and a cut goes to the app and the guy that created it. 
Yeah, I think the arena is going to be your biggest problem there, Haas. <laughs> the <laughs> fact that everybody can watch. And yeah, for of course. What, now, wait wait a minute. Wait a minute. If 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 Frank and Robbie were going to get on Skype tonight to talk this thing out, I'd pop like a buck in to, to, yeah. to bring that up and watch it. Yeah, I know you would. Everyone, but that's the problem. We're trying to solve that Therein problem. Therein lies the issue. It. Yeah, exactly. Making I'm just trying to profit from it. Just trying to get them to fight. <laughs> just trying to make money. No, I'm, I'm trying to get them to what come to, not to fight, but to come through some... that conflict and to come to a good place. Uh, hey, by the way, bear with me. We got two roosters, you see, and we put them <laughs> in a ring together. Yeah. I just want to comment that the idea he had for... <laughs> About just a have to clarify. comic for a vending machine that prints comics. <laughs> he called me one day to say, "Oh, it's in the wild. It's happened. Proof that my idea was golden." Bookshop <laughs> has a vending machine selling comics, and I went up the article, and it was a Down syndrome who came <laughs> and made it for him because they all felt fucking sorry for him and wanted to oh. him. <laughs> I don't think they did it because they felt sorry for me. They saw a a smart uh, a business move when they when they saw it, and I think that kid was had it. That I think that kid had the right idea, and I I think he's still in business. Is that thing sweeping the nation? <laughs> it's the red box of comics. That was his idea. I know it was. That's, that's exactly what I called it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. God. Here's the best part is he hadn't convinced and I went to coup and fail. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was like um a really um it was like a I was on Shark Tank and I <laughs> and Kevin O'Leary is like ah, here's my problem with your valuation. <laughs> How are you gonna print these out? How what the fuck is it gonna where's the paper coming from? <laughs> <laughs> gets jammed. Have you seen printers that ever don't get jammed? Well, these these would be. You'd have to have good printers. Surviving <laughs> <laughs> hey, creativity. I solved it. I solved it. <laughs> it's a real bummer of an idea. <laughs> Just gonna say that. <laughs> Let you fight with someone and everyone pays to watch. It's <laughs> <laughs> so random. You wait. Someone's going to hear that podcast. It's called popcorn. And it's <laughs> yeah. P C O R N. That's right. Nope. No, you got to take the, well, like Tumblr takes that E off. You'd have to just go C R N. Popcorn. Yeah. Popcorn. And it's just, yeah, you pay to watch people fight. Yeah. Well, no, you pay to watch people come to a amicable uh, you got conclusion. People can use popcorn to fight, and then people can watch the fight. They pay to watch the fight. Yeah. And then that money goes to charity. That money goes right to charity. <laughs> what about, how do you, well, what about the people that made the app? How much money did they get? They get their cut first. Okay, they get their cut. Yeah. The rest goes to charity. Which the rest goes right to charity. And you, you had a bunch of charities set up and they'd both sit there and they'd go either they'd each click on their own choice or they'd agree on one. And, and it would that's how it's they would like, do it. You'd have like a bunch Humble of them all set There's up. a little slider and you yeah. tell the slider which uh, charity you want to give money to. Do you, 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 yeah. you know what? I'm starting to like the sound of this. <laughs> Uh-oh. 
Call coup. <laughs> this week on popcorn. Ooh, and then you make a killed. show. You make a show out of it. You have a regular time every week when it goes up, and you get two people yeah. to come in the ring and hash it out. And just yeah, and you and maybe have a moderator that kind of sets the like a like a moderator at a debate. And they come in, they agree to a few rules, and the moderator says, "Okay, you talk, then you talk." And he just kind of sits back and moderates from that point. You realize we've just built Judge Judy for the internet, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, how much the better if you had a celebrity? Okay. Judge first of all, cop, trademark and copyright, Brad Geiger. We need to say that right now. That's absolutely. <laughs> and then I'm gonna right. call Robert. Let me get. Let me get a hold of kid. <laughs> Are you, you're gonna, you're don't teach me. Are you serious? <laughs> be three minutes into explaining this to him, and he's gonna be like, "No, what?" Like, I'm, gonna text them. I'm gonna text them. <laughs> Are we still recording? Yeah, yes, we're still recording. <laughs> this is still happening. It is still happening. Oh, we're recording. You know what? I'm just gonna call him. Call him. Call him, call him on the air. Call him on Skype. Oh. No, I'm going to call him first and then ask him. Uh, we can edit it out later if he doesn't want to be on the show. Yeah. We can do that, right? Sure. Sure. I don't have Skype. I don't have Skype bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, 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 have, uh, I have some Skype bucks. I okay, can, hold I on. Skype I need to find his number and then text it to you, not call you on my phone. Hold I have on. his number. What are you talking about? Okay, so call him. He's gonna be like, Why? he's gonna be, he's gonna play along. He's gonna. He, should I call his mobile or should I call his? Yeah, office? call his mobile. All right, hold on. <laughs> he's probably not gonna pick up because it's a random number. Probably not. Oh, that's true. Right. Well, well let's try. Let's him? try it and see what happens. Hold on. Ring? Where's that? I'm not hearing anything. I'm not hearing anything either. It says in the typing thing, it says call Corey added blah 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 to this conversation. Do you have to prove <laughs> it, Scott? It's not my... Oh, I'm the one that has to do it, right? Uh, no, I think you just have to approve it. No, it's not giving me anything. There's not even a pop-up. Yeah, that didn't work either. Okay, look. I'm just going <laughs> to call him and put him on speaker. All right. Why couldn't I add him? I don't understand. Because you're not the one doing the call. Hold on a second. <laughs> this is so ridiculous. <laughs> First of all, why, why, why Robert? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's as close to Shark Tank as we've got. <laughs> uh, voicemail yeah it's a voicemail because he keeps getting all these bad calls from some random california he knows number my scott. number hey robert it's scott we're we're recording a podcast and geiger had a crack <laughs> we're gonna see if you wanted to come on the podcast and talk about this killer idea we need uh we need one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. We need $150,000 for 10% of our <laughs> anyway, got it. I'll talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> Don't you call Faye. Call Faye Lauer. Faye Lauer will jump on. Call Faye. Now, wait a minute, though, Corey, because I just got done reading on the web. Uh, was it uh, Comics Beat? That you're one of the the few people who understand business and creativity. Both you've got that rare brain. Just a just this week that hey, story went up. Failour. <laughs> We're recording a podcast, and Brad Geiger has a crap idea for business, <laughs> and we want to pitch it to you like Shark Tank. Will you come on our podcast? <laughs> I want to put you on speaker if you agree. <laughs> We're recording an episode of Surviving Creativity. And Brad Geiger came up with a terrible idea for a business. Oh, boy, talk about poisoning the water that the shark's going to swim hey, in. Hey, man, you're supposed to be right, pitching this. 
Okay, welcome to the show, Mike Failauer, business Hello. mogul. Mike, how you doing? He can't hear you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think that part out. I didn't think that part well, through. You're, you're going to have to do my pitch for me. I'm but do you pitch right. for you. Okay, Mike, it's an... First of all, you remember Brad's awesome idea of a vending machine? <laughs> well, there it goes. <laughs> okay, well, forget that. <laughs> this is an app called Popcorn. And here's how it works. When two people want to have a fight on the internet, they go to the Popcorn app and they set up a fight. And they're going to argue on Popcorn. And when the fight gets posted, like we're going to have a fight. We're going to argue it out. Like me and Krahulik are going to fight about the new Daredevil show. People can pay to watch our fight on Popcorn. They can watch us fight it out. And here's the kicker. All the money goes to charity. <laughs> wow, Scott. <laughs> Do you how much we're looking for a hundred thousand dollars? <laughs> oh, is that all? Yeah, that's a it. It's a million wow, you did that in your head? You're the partner we want. <laughs> um Yeah, I don't know about that one, Scotty. <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of, of pre-planning. What you're what you're actually describing is a duel. Oh, okay. Yeah, people would get together and, and agree to to you know in, engage in violence at a specified time and place. Yes, I would, I would go back to this inventor and 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 have them re-examine the idea with with that uh, paradigm in mind. I like it. Thank you. Like, you like you slap the guy with the glove. Less less uh, backroom brawl. Okay, well, as per Shark Tank, since you, and now I'm you've out. contributed. Oh, you're out? <laughs> <laughs> Just coming with that uh, part of the idea, if we do go with that, you do get 2% of the company no matter what. Oh, yeah, right. All right. <laughs> See, now the call was worth it. Thank I'll you. Take my 2%. <laughs> Thank you so much. I will send you your $0 check tomorrow. <laughs> All right, hey, uh, I'll talk to you later. Thanks for doing this. Thanks for being a good sport. All right. All right. Bye. It's, it's called Duel. D-U-L. It's called Duel. D-U-L. D-U-L. D-U-L-L. D-U-L-L. Right, it is a duel. Well, now listen. Brad had something really important to say about me before this. <laughs> Yeah, because listen, hold on a minute. I'm not giving up just yet because I think Duel or Popcorn still has merit. Maybe the charity is going the wrong way. But, but, uh, why am I wasting my time with Koo or Failower when I've got a guy right over here on this podcast that I just was reading on the internet is the rare combination of business and creativity. He's got a brain that understands it both. He's one of these rare people, and that's Corey Cassoni. So, Corey, I'm going to make my pitch to you, Mr. Two Brains. Two, and the, we'll am take, I the man with take, two brains now? You're the man with two brains. It is not and, Steve uh, Melma Hay. <laughs> <laughs> so so and charity we'll we'll put that we'll put that on the whiteboard but uh that that's written in sand but the the core concept of 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 and then not a place where people fight a, a place where people go to solve their problems together face to face like it ought to be what do you say cory cassoni i'll give you a 10 percent after what's his face is two What's his face? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that part out. I was on a roll. Uh, I actually, I uh, honestly, I actually like the idea. 
Oh. I swear <laughs> to God, I do. I like it. You just I'm magooed. So- Brad just fucking magooed. <laughs> Isolate when you said, I think it's a good idea. And Brad goes. <laughs> Hold on, let me write down the timestamp. <laughs> the funniest fucking thing. <laughs> I picture his his fucking uh, front flat coming up and going. <laughs> his bow tie spinning and his monocle popped. Out. <laughs> Did you hear? Did he go. <laughs> too much. I take it. <laughs> he actually went. Oh, go. <laughs> I gotta mute myself again. <laughs> 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 out, pulling all backwards in his chair. <laughs> oh my god! Here's so. Here's here's why it's a good idea. First of all, people would watch. They love shit like this, right? So that's why it's a good idea. Yes. Uh, but the you'd need a you'd need a staff set up who does nothing but troll the internet and then try to get people to come on this show. So the first oh, yeah. the first few would probably uh, honestly have to be staged because you got to get in, you got to get enough in the hopper so that people know what you're talking about. So when you tell people, by the way, the new name is Popcorn Duel. When you tell people to to come on the show, right? You you you're gonna refer them to to ones they've watched before, so they have to come. They have to watch. You know, they're gonna watch. Uh, you know, and it's always somebody versus somebody. So it'll be yeah. you know like you know Rodriguez versus Cho. Popcorn or, Duel is a terrible name. It should just be Duel. D- what about dual? Dy- what about Dynamic Duel? That's ridiculous. God oh, damn it, dual. Brad! Everything doesn't have to be a pun. <laughs> <laughs> Dynamic <laughs> duel. That should have been the name of your comic. I pitched it. I pitched it as the name. You guys didn't like it. Brad, we said anything <laughs> but Archbrook. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't have been more clear. <laughs> anything but the one you chose. Anything but Archbrook. Oh my uh, god. No, I'm serious though. You get you get a couple people who are willing to to go out there as the first you know first couple rounds of people having a disagreement and uh i think you you have a moderator who mostly just stays quiet like you set you set down some terms some rules just like failure was saying with a real world duel like here's the rules maybe you have some seconds right maybe you got some other people that are there Ooh. to support the first person <laughs> to take notes and oh it- we gotta have a hype man yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh no i think this has legs brad geiger now, do, uh, now I, I'm, don't laugh at me. <laughs> do we need to embargo this podcast? Because somebody's going to take this and listen to it and do it, and we're all going to be pissed off. No, this is a great idea. Idea. It's copyright us. Okay. Here's uh, here's why you don't have to worry about it. All the tools already exist to do this. Yeah. Mm. The, you don't the, need you don't need a you don't need to build a platform. No, or anything. don't have us. You just invite people onto Skype and you record it and then you post yeah, them somewhere. New podcast. You know, Patreon. Oh. Out of that, Brad. That's brilliant. The hard you- part is the hard part is going to be getting two people to agree to come on and fight on your show. I guarantee when 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 Robbie Rodriguez when when Robbie and Frank listen to this show and they will because they're going to people are going to say hey did you listen to these guys talk much they're going to be the first two people to come forward and say yeah you know what we want to do this I I'm calling it right now. All right I'm out. <laughs> 
Oh. I was so close to swimming with the sharks. That's true. Yeah. It's a terrible idea, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> want to hear that gulp so bad. Oh my God. Oh, I'm, I'm going to... Go. <laughs> Leave it. That's the noise he made when his wife said she was pregnant. Are you kidding me? That was the voice I made during the conception. My God. Thank you so much for joining us this week. It's been a pleasure to have you. Thank you to Steve Hamaker for joining us and adding his thoughts to the conversation. This show is made possible by listeners like you. We couldn't do it without you. Remember, if you like what you heard, please head to patreon.com forward slash surviving creativity and consider becoming a patron. If you're looking for more ways to listen to the show, head on over to iTunes, search surviving creativity and add us to your queue. You'll get notified every single time we've got another new episode. Thanks again for joining us and we'll see you next week on surviving creativity.